This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Okay, Gordon, how are you? Larry, how are we doing tonight? Well, we got a couple of no-nos, my friend. First of all, the Nick game was a no-no. It <laughs> <laughs> was bad. Yikes. Was bad. And then I'm looking, Gordon, and Philadelphia in the World Series, who played home run derby last night, is being no hit right now. And I have no trouble, because I'm a Met fan, I have no trouble saying no hit. <laughs> yeah. Right now. No hit. That's a problem. That is a problem. That's not that's not idea. That's not what you're looking for when you have a chance to go up three one in the World Series and after last night and the way that they scored runs at will, hitting home runs left and right and everywhere in between. Mm-hmm. It felt like that the momentum of this series had kind of shifted towards yes. the Phillies, right? The crowd it was into it. Dusty leaving a starter in too long. Everything seemed to be lined up for the Phillies after splitting the two games in Houston, but. Mm-hmm. Back come the Astros. They're not dead yet. No, and no. Uh, they are a team. You got to kill them dead, and they're right. not dead yet. They're 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 still still breathing. So we'll see if uh, the Phillies have some more dramatics. I, I I feel good about myself, Larry, because as soon as the Phillies won Game Three last night, I said, "Well, mm-hmm. the Astros are going to win Game four. Uh-huh. And shekels? then I saw you know, shekels, absolutely oh, shekels oh, on this oh, one tonight. Oh. oh, oh. So, look, I don't want the shekels. I would rather lose the shekels. But if I'm going to end up being miserable with an Astros win, at least I have some shekels. Listen, shekels makes the world go round, my friend. It does. It well, makes happiness makes the world go I'd like to be happy once yeah. in a while. And shekels make you happy sometimes. No, I'd rather lose situations. the shekels. And sometimes it's not all about the money, you know? Gordon, I'd when ra- you go I'd... to the store. Yes, no, I understand. When you go to the store... Larry, my wife's not sending me to the store. She knows no, better no, no, than no, that. No, 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 no. But this is what happens. See, she doesn't know you have shekels on the game. So you yeah. go to the store got ways, after though. you drop the case She's off, sneaky. and then you, you know, yeah. you, you know, you have a little fun. You know, yeah. come on, Gordon. You Maybe get that extra. Uh, get that I'd extra, rather lose the shekels. It's not, not life changing shekels, you know. Yeah, this so is true. I'd rather. I understand. I understand. I'm, I'm still rooting for the Phillies here. Well, I'm stuck. I can't root for anybody. No, you're, yeah, I mean, there's nothing. I don't like Houston, obviously. Right. And I don't like Philly. <laughs> no, of course. You can't root for the Phillies. Sorry, it could no. be any, you know. Any, no. This it could the, be the Monstars from, uh, you Exactly. Know. As a matter of fact, I've been watching the World Series via highlights. Yeah, I can understand <laughs> that. Watching the game. Yeah, you I can't, can't watch I mean, the Phillies. You're like Keith Hernandez. You can't watch the Phillies. No, I can't. I can't. The only reason I happen to... I happen to see an ESPN crawl that there's a you know a warning hey, ding 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 no 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 I have to look now I got to look Gordon I have no yeah. choice now. I wish I had to look at the second half of that Nick game I tell you that Oof, that third quarter oh, well look Gordon. it will be a very long time I like to th- I'm throwing this out there I think that this is accurate it will be a very long time until we see a third quarter by the Knicks as bad as that. Woof that was. Horrendous! It was like they took a punch, and they never got back up. They just never they just went up. they just put their tail between their legs and went home. It's unbelievable, Gordon. This was as bad a quarter as I've seen them play in a long time, and and what makes it worse is how good they were early. It's I always Gordon. believe. Nothing important in an NBA game happens in the first half, but yeah. you know you'd like to think that there's some carryover, right? Like you score sixty, what was it, sixty-five in the first half? You'd think you'd all correct. right. 
you know, maybe you don't stay that hot the whole game, but it, you don't become a, a completely different team that could not buy it. The Knicks had as many turnovers in the third quarter as they had points. They scored 34 points in the second half. I know. That's almost half of 65. I know. Almost. I know. It was bad. It was bad. And here's what made it so frustrating for me. Because, look, going in, you knew that Atlanta's a pretty good team, but their bench is not that good. Okay? They have trouble getting with their bench. So the Nick bench played well. All right? The starters were pretty good. The Nick bench came in. Gordon Obi Toppin looks like looked like hey I, I I practiced from three I got this and he was lights out from three, very happy defensively they're rebounding they're moving the basketball it was great it was great. Then Gordon, the starters came back. And when the starters came back, they acted like they weren't ready to come back. <laughs> they, didn't think just, they thought their night was over? Yeah, and they just it the the whole game just changed. It just it just changed and you know, listen. We know how good Delonte Murray is. Okay, we knew from San Antonio when he was traded last year, everybody was like, "Why are you trading him?" Well, because they can't afford him. But Gordon, he put on a show. And obviously, we'll look at the 36 points in 38 minutes. But Gordon, he had six steals, nine assists. And all you need to know about the Knicks in this game, this will tell you everything. Rebounding-wise, Emmanuel quickly had 16 rebounds. Yeah. 16 rebounds. Second was Mitchell Robinson, who played well in the first half. Yeah, but he got he in only, foul trouble. Yeah, right. He only played 18 minutes. Um, I, well, look, I mean, after getting to see what could have been with Donovan Mitchell, it wasn't as close as that, but, you know, there were some rumblings early yeah. in the offseason last year about Murray and who yes, was going to get him. Should the Knicks be the ones? Well, he put on a show. He, I mean, he was, he was doing his best Trey Young impersonation, just torturing the Knicks fans who were as quiet as you could possibly be in that second half. There was nothing to cheer for. No, there was nothing to <laughs> pump up your chest about there. was nothing to cheer there. for. Oof. Nothing at all. And they couldn't dribble the basketball. They couldn't pass the basketball. They couldn't shoot the basketball. They looked inept. It was it was just Atlanta's defense suffocated them. They couldn't do a thing. They couldn't do a thing. Something simple. And it was just, it was so frustrating watching it. I was just shaking my head. I, Gordon, it was so bad, I got up and left the room. I couldn't watch it anymore. I, I, I had to leave. I had to leave. Did you almost think to yourself, let me put the Phillies game on. Let me see how they're doing. It wasn't that bad. Not that bad. All right, well, <laughs> I don't know if anything bad. could ever be that bad. <laughs> it wasn't that bad for me to put the Phillies on. Oof, but it was close. Was, I mean, it was and close. You, and you take a look at, you know, now the three and four, the wins that they've gotten. The t- and that's the thing, like, nobody should have expected them to beat the Bucs. Right? No. I mean, that's, no. a, that's, a, that, that's no. a different level than the Knicks are no. at. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Cavaliers... I think they're at a different level than the way the Knicks are at. The Hawks, you'd like to think that the Knicks are kind of somewhere in the range of that, especially at home, mm-hmm. but not in the second half. Ten points. They scored ten, ten points, points, points Larry, in the third quarter. Ten points, ten. And gave up 32. Gave up 32. So they were Well, look, if the Knicks didn't 10. kill Tom Thibodeau tonight with that performance, he might be immortal. There's going to be a lot of practice tomorrow, Gordon. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of it, practice tomorrow. Is it time to worry? No, because it's still early. 
it, it's still early, and you have remember you're trying to fit new pieces in. You've got a new point guard. You, you're trying to get people going. And here's the thing that that, and it was just for tonight. So I'm going to look at it tonight. But I just felt I love that they push the basketball. I love that they're trying to increase their pace. But I think against some teams, I don't know that I want to get into it up and down with Atlanta. You know, you got Trey Long, Trey Young who likes to push the basketball. You got Murray who likes to push it, and they were going back and forth. And so, yeah, you were you were hanging in early, but once again, that's their game. You pick your spots when you want to push the basketball. And then once again, going just defensively, they just they, they just struggled. Yep. And and they just had no answers. And they and you know what the other thing was, which was really disturbing. And and obviously you you're gonna obviously the assists are gonna be down because they shot so badly. But Gordon, I mean, they the ball movement was non-existent. Every time they tried to pass the ball, it was stolen. Atlanta overplayed the passing lanes. They just and it was mainly Murray. Murray just took that game under control, and he dominated. Offensively, yes, but mostly defensively. And Gordon, you have Knicks not getting back. It was it was just it was just a nightmare game for them. It was a nightmare game. Nightmare and, game. And, and a night where Trey Young was was pretty quiet early. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, if you would have said that before the game, you'll hold Trey Young to seventeen points on seven of twenty two shooting. You'd sign up for that. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> you couldn't do anything with, with Murray. <laughs> no. That's amazing. 36 points in 38 minutes. Wow. But Hunter was killing you, too. Hunter was killing you, uh, and so was Collins off the glass. Yeah. Collins, 13 rebounds, five off the offensive glass. Uh, Capella, 10 rebounds. You know, and you weren't getting any second chances because, you know, you were <laughs> – you weren't really getting the ball up to the basket, and when you did, it was just, it, you know, it was just, it was, it was as that bad. That is as it could one be. that you want to flush as quickly as possible. Problem is, next up, you know, the Sixers and the Celtics. That's right. So, so, get so it continues, here. and this is why this is, and I'm happy they're facing these teams early, because this is where you gauge. All right, this is where you gauge. This is where you say, okay, look, we're playing. This is like the upper echelon. Of, you got Philly, like you said. You have Atlanta. You got Philly, and you got Boston. And so this is where you have to say, okay, this is what we need to do to get better. Here's what happens. And I'm very curious to see now that Grimes was able to get off the bench and give some minutes. Now I'm able, I'm curious to see what happens with Reddish's time and how this bench, you know, morphs into a situation here because you know Thibodeau loves Grimes, A, for his shooting, but B, because he plays defense pretty well. Yeah, uh, we've been waiting for him to get healthy and uh... – they need something, need <laughs> you know. Something. The, the bench, yeah. the bench really isn't the issue. The, the issue no. is the starters. Starters have not played well, Gordon. They're, no. they're, it's like last year. The starters are, if, and once again, that third quarter, right? What was that? that was that the signature thing for them last year? Yeah. Third quarter. Why do they come out so lackadaisical in the mm-hmm. third quarter? Why do they have no energy? Why do they have no fire? What is going on with that third quarter? Um, we'll have to find out. And now, and really, Jalen Brunson tonight was. Gordon, kind of like a non-factor. Yeah, was not. I you mean, know, well, he I got mean, you met, foul trouble you know, early. When we talked about when they were playing well against the the teams that they were playing well against, it felt like you know the offense flowed tonight. It was much more one on one. Yes, uh, exactly. It was not. It did not have any flow whatsoever. That's for no. sure. And we had a person handling the basketball a bit much and had four turnovers. 
and was stripped constantly. It just seemed like every time he put the ball on the floor, he was around Murray, and Murray just took it and went the other way. So, once again, ball movement is a key thing. 1-800-919-3776. Gordon and I will take your calls. We'll talk next a little later. Uh, we'll talk about Kyrie Irving, who made a sizable donation. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk a little football as well. So we have lots to do before we leave you at midnight here on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Hardesty and Damer until midnight on ESPN New York Tonight. We'll get to your calls in a second. Gordon, now look, I, I, I am ready. I have embraced. I understand what Sabermetrics is. I get that. But Gordon, I mean, Javier was dominating. He's got a no-hitter. You pull him out? Uh, how many in how many World pitches series? was he at? I'm I'm not sure. Let me check. But I'm just like, he's dominating, Gordon. Well, I mean, look. Uh, the only thing I can think of is they had such a great bullpen during the season. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I mean, unless he showed some, you know, there has to be something there. You know, Dusty is not uh, looking up at you know the the big the the Bill James Bible and, no, and looking through it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and say, well, this is the time to, to pull my guy. So I, I would not think it really has anything to do with analytics. Maybe he was at 97 pitches. Yeah. Oh, maybe yeah. maybe he's a guy that once he hits 100, he shows a drop-off. I'm not sure. I mean, I to me, the, the bigger mistake Dusty made last night was, uh, I, I should say was last night when, you know, the, his starter clearly did not have it. He's given yeah. up home runs left and right, and he's got this rested bullpen, especially after the rain out. You'd think, hey, I got to get my bull- my bullpen is much deeper and much better than their bullpen, mm-hmm. and uh, he was he was late on the switch. So uh, tonight the Astros will tie up the series. It certainly looks like, yes. and and who knows, the Astros have uh, done the the team no hitter before against the Yankees. Yeah. I know, so mm-hmm. maybe they're lined up to do it again. Yeah, yeah. Were you were, now? You could be honest with me. Were you? Was there a little celebration at the Damer household last night? All the home runs. Well, I enjoyed it. I, yes, I like okay. watching the Astros lose. And, you know, I have to be honest with you, as, not a, as a Yankee fan, I don't have any uh, ill will towards the Phillies. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I enjoyed it, yeah. Uh, and, and, and this is a fun – I know you can't see it this way. Met fans can't see it. This is a fun Phillies team. The crowd has really been into it. So I, I kind of am pulling for the Phillies a little bit. Okay. Did it's it, mostly pulling against the Astros. Of, but, of course, I understand. Yeah, I know yeah. what you're saying. It's it's a nice story. The yeah. Phillies, it's it's a nice story. If if you're a baseball fan and and you don't have you know and and it's not an NL East division rival, right. you could sit really and enjoy this game, enjoy the World Series because you know the way Philly is. I mean, for Bryce Harper, it's been unbelievable. He's been incredible. The He's guy been that Brian great. Cashman had no interest in talking with. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bring that up. Yeah, it's been. Let's talk next. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. James is in Jersey. James, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Hi, um, thanks for taking my call. Um, this is the the thing that I wanted to to address is um, how we're being out coached with teams that have two of something. Like the Cleveland Cavaliers have two point guards. Atlanta has two point guards. The Celtics have two small forwards. Like the Milwaukee Bucks have two centers, and we're still we're we're still trying to figure out who's our starting shooting guard, who's going to be our starting small forward. You know, should Obi Toppin start? You know, like, and the, at the at the um the shooting guard small forward, 
and Power 4, we still have question marks. And until we address that and commit to that and get chemistry with that, we're still going to keep struggling with these East, East Coast teams that have, have two or something in the starting rotation. Well, I hear what you're saying, James, and thanks for the phone call, but that this lineup has been consistent. It's been Barrett and Fournier and Brunson and Robinson and Randall. That, that starting five has been very consistent. So and that's A. B, I don't know that you're being out coached. You haven't played the Celtics yet, <laughs> so let's wait. Maybe, maybe you'll be right, but you haven't played them yet, so let's relax and see. You have a, a, a new player in. And you, he needs time to get everybody involved so you can find out where everybody needs to go. Look, once again, uh, it's going to be a situation, uh, Gordon, we'll continue with next hour, it's going to be a situation where they have to play and learn each other. And during the season, you don't have a lot of practice time to get that done. So that they have a lot of work to do. There's no question about it. But I just think they're torn with, for me tonight, it was knowing when to push the basketball as starters and knowing like, you know what, let's, let's, we pushed it this time. Let's slow it up. Let's make sure we get a good shot. Let's not keep pushing the basketball the way we did earlier. Go ahead and I'll get your thoughts in a second. 1-800-919-3776. We'll come back. We'll talk to you on the phone. We'll hear what Gordon has to say about the Knicks tonight on 987 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Talking to you about the Knicks' loss to the Hawks at the Garden. We'll also talk a little football. We'll talk about Kyrie Irving and uh, a couple other things going on with the Nets. But Gordon, your move now on uh, that call is idea about the Knicks trying to figure out what's going on with their starting lineup. Well, look, it's not, it's not really a shock. If things go sideways this year with the Knicks, uh, I think a lot of people are going to blame Tibbs. Uh, he had a lot of goodwill after the first year, and obviously everything went great, and he was the coach of the year, and rightfully so. But I think a lot of people, a lot of Knicks fans soured on him last year, and when you have a team and you're the coach and they look as disorganized and uninterested as they looked it's going to come down to the coach so I don't know necessarily that it's his you know his fault I think you do have to give him time as you mentioned about having Brunson the point guard the guy who's going to run your offense now you know seven games into a season eight games into a season whatever it is it's going to take some time but it, it's not going to much like the the Steve Nash thing was not a surprise if mm-hmm. Nick fans start complaining about Tibbs that won't be a shock either no not at all not at all it's not, matter of fact I expect it yeah. <laughs> I, it only I, took seven games oh look at that yeah i mean he's ahead of the thing he's ahead of the <laughs> thing. He's, he's great rob's in massachusetts what's up rob hey what's up gordon hi with larry thanks for taking the call i just want to ask you something how in the world do you score 10 points in a third quarter of a basketball game i didn't see the game tonight i was looking at the stats i'm going again here's what makes no sense the knicks scored 50 points in the paint if you take more shots in the paint, you're going to score and win the game. He took 37 shots from 23 and a half feet out. Again, it makes no sense at all. And the coaching doesn't make any sense at all because if I'm the coach, I'm getting the ball inside. So that's just, I'll, I'll let you comment on that. The other thing I wanted to ask you guys is about the World Series. I don't get baseball. You remove a pitcher in the fifth inning because the bases are loaded. You remove Aaron Nola, you start like you can't induce a ground ball. And then Dusty Baker takes a guy out throwing a no-hitter. And I know both relief pitchers have had success here. But, I mean, it makes baseball so dumb. You want to see a, a pitcher's duel. Take me back to 1991, where I believe it was John Smoltz and uh, 
and uh, what you call it, Jack Morris, one pitch nine innings and one pitch ten innings. I mean, there's no pitchers duels anymore. And mm-hmm. God forbid the Phillies, God forbid in baseball today, guys, that one guy when you can't get a hit through an entire game would just lay one bunt down and get the hell on base. What has ever happened to the intelligence of baseball? Micromanaging the game in the fifth inning, taking pitches after pitching no hitters. This analytics and all this cybergenic metric garbage has ruined this game so much. Anyway, I'll get your thoughts because it just makes no sense. How do you not bump the baseball? Get the hell on base. You haven't had a hit all night. Start something. It just blows my mind. It really does. I don't know what has happened. Bill James, if I ever could find his grave. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for the time, guys, to get your comments. all right, Rob. Thanks for the call. I mean, you have nobody on base. Who are you bunting? Who who are you bunting? Like bunting is generally giving up an out. You you you're already giving up outs. And and Nola was not sharp tonight. I mean, no. he gave up seven hits in four plus innings. Right? He made, he pitched yeah. into the fifth. He was losing yep. it clearly. And I'll be honest with you. I want my manager in these spots to be. I would much rather he be aggressive in spots like this and not allow the starter to lose the game for me. Mm-hmm. And you could make the argument that maybe that he was not aggressive enough because it was the bases loaded and nobody out at that point. And you have this bullpen where you don't trust that many guys from it, but you've had some rest. You had the extra day of rest. So I, I want to see if I can keep that game scoreless. If it becomes one nothing, 2 nothing. I want to keep it right there and hope that my bats eventually wake up. Problem is, Phillies haven't hit tonight. <laughs> no. Literally have not hit. So, yeah. that so makes really it really doesn't matter what difficult. you did. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, bunting, I mean, bunting who? I mean, I don't even know how many walks they had tonight. They've had two walks. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what we're doing. That's it. That, that's all. And, and look, I, I, once again, just for me as a selfish person, I was just curious to let the guy see if he could finish to get sure. the more hitter. Because, you know, you're up 5 nothing. Uh, but I get it. I get the other side of it. Listen, we need this game. I, yeah, I can't afford absolutely. to. You know, I can't afford to open the door and let something happen because I kept the guy in too long again. <laughs> Especially Dusty, who has the reputation of keeping trusting his starters too much. Yeah. I mean, he trusted his starter last night too much. He did that with the Giants. He did that with the Reds. Uh, I don't remember the Nationals, but I'm sure he did that there. I mean, that's his reputation. So mm-hmm. uh, he's got the he had the best bullpen in baseball this year. So I don't yeah. see any problem with even – I know it's a no-hitter, but the more important thing is make sure you win the game. That's right, especially because you're down. Right. You, know, you, you need this you, game, right? You go, there's a, I mean, gotta have it. you can't have a bigger difference, really, between 3-1 and 2-2. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You can't. You can't. And, you know, you, you take some of that momentum away from Philly, who's been unbelievable at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so you know, I, I get it. But, you know, I understand the frustration. I get, I get the frustration, Rob. I do. But it's – listen – you got to make the adjustment, my friend, because it's not changing. No. <laughs> it's not changing. It's not going back to the other way. You know, although I will say I am curious to see what the difference is going to be next season, Gordon, when there's no, um, you know, with no shifts and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, I, I think that that – doesn't that just like – I know people think that that's going to like open up the field and more people are going to be getting base hits. I think that that rewards the one-dimensional slugger who has been – stubborn enough to just continually try to hit through the shift like the Joey Gallows of the world. Mm-hmm. Now you're just going to go, you're, you're definitely going to stick to your guns. Now, now you only have one defender. You have to really beat on that side, the second baseman, if you're the lefty, you know, the lefty power bat. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it, it, it ends up. Uh, yeah. I know just as a viewer, I hate seeing 
you know, something that's been a base hit my entire life, you yeah. know, a, you know, base hit up the middle and the, the shortstop's just standing right there. So mm-hmm. that's frustrating, but four outfielders. Yeah. I, I wonder how <laughs> Brian Cashman's going to go about things when it's time to re-envision the Yankee infield, which you'd have to think that there's going to have to be some re-envisioning of. Oh, yeah. Well, there's no question there has to be something done with that infield mm-hmm. because it's it's an issue. It's yeah. an issue. Yeah. It definitely is an issue. And Aaron Boone going to be on the case show tomorrow? I can't wait. Five I can't wait I to hear. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. That's going to be good. That's going to be good. Will, and, Michael, and, will, will Michael ask a question? <laughs> has, has things cooled off? I don't know. <laughs> I, and these people, are, oh, Kay won't ask the hard question. Oh, he always I, I don't does. Know that it, I, I don't know if it was the last time, but it was maybe the time before that. Boone was like, you're unbelievable. And he didn't yeah. mean it in a nice way. He wasn't like, oh, oh Michael, you're unbelievable. He, no, he was like, oh, man, you're unbelievable. He was seething at the yes. question of Michael yes. Kay. So. His jaw was tight. Yes. His jaw was tight because he, remember, and I think people, you have to understand this. Yes, Michael is the Yankee announcer, but not between three and seven. No. <laughs> he is not the Yankee announcer between three and seven, Monday through Friday, when he's on 98.7 ESPN. And I he, think that that's telling because Michael, I think, has a good relationship with Boone. He does. And yet when Boone was questioned, it just makes you wonder, the Yankees clearly don't like being questioned all that much. Yeah. Or second-guessed. Oh, no, no. <laughs> and and Friday is the day that they'll have like the big – Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone get together oh, as well. Oh, so. at the, the, the soiree at the stadium. Ooh, yes. That should be a delight. Oh, that, that'll make my wait. weekend great. Can't oh. wait to hear that. Oh, that's going to be fun. And, 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 and guess what? You'll be able to analyze it on Saturday. On oh, show. it'll be so much fun hearing how Josh Donaldson was, was actually really good. <laughs> Getting to hear how Isaiah Kiner-Falefa has a, uh, has, has a future here as the shortstop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we just had a lot of injuries. Down the stretch, Larry, everybody in the bullpen got hurt, and we're right there with the Astros. You know, right we there. lost one game by one run. We lost one by two runs. Yeah. Oh, but you I got can't swept. Wait. So what are you going to yeah. do about it? You got swept. No, you no, but see, you, that's the way, you know, you're looking at it through a very negative prism. What it really is is we're, really, we're right there with them, and they're really good, but we think we're really good, too. We won almost 100 games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What I learned on TikTok is that doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grades, as the great uh, Gorilla Monsoon used to say. That's right. Legend. 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 1-800-919-3776. When we return, Gordon, uh, Kyrie Irving has sent some money out mm. to the ADL. We'll explain and he has a statement that is uh, a little better than the doubling down we last saw him doing. We'll explain next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Hardesty and Damer on 98.7 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Freddie and Fitz at the top of the hour. Gordon, this is a statement from the Nets point guard, one Kyrie Irving. Quote, I am aware of the negative impact my post towards the Jewish community, and I take responsibility. I do not believe everything said in the documentary was true or reflects my morals or my morals and principles. I am a human being learning from all walks of life, and I intend to do so with an open mind and a willingness to listen. So from my family and I, we meant no harm to any one group, race or religion of people 
and wish to only be a beacon of truth and light, end of quote. And along with that statement, he has, uh, according to uh, published reports, he has sent the Nets and Kyrie Irving will each donate $500,000 towards causes, causes and organizations that work to eradicate hate and intolerance in our, in our communities. Well, I, I'm guessing that this is the end of this now, right? I would think, I would think. Until the um, next thing. I mean, there yeah. will be a next thing. If it's next week, if it's next month. With Kyrie Irving, it's pretty well established at this point. Although there'll always be something with this guy. So, yeah, it's uh, unfortunate. you know, if that, uh, you know, if you can spend some money and get away, you know, do whatever you want. I mean, I don't think that that statement actually came from Kyrie Irving. No. Uh, I'm sure it didn't. Uh, but... If that gets this off the back page, I guess uh, I guess that's what uh, that's what we do. Yeah, and uh, you know, and, the and you wonder nice. why Kyrie Irving thinks that he can just get away with whatever he wants because at the end of the day, he spent some money and now he doesn't have to deal with it anymore. Yeah, well, uh, from this this standpoint, but I still think as they were people seated in Barclays mm. uh, with shirts on. Yep, uh, I think that he this will follow him somewhere. It's it's going to still follow him. But, you know, the lesson here is, Gordon, here's the lesson from, from my standpoint. Do your research before you jump on something. Do your research. Make sure you know what you're tagging. Okay, make sure you really read and really understand what you're endorsing. Because even though you don't say it, it's implied that you agree with it. And you yeah. just got to do a better job. All athletes, everybody has to do a better job on social media. Because... You know, we we take that everything on social media is gospel. It is not. It's not. Yeah. And just one other thing about his statement, and I read it. Uh, at no point does he ever say, I messed up. Nope. I apologize. You know, he gives you all the, the buzzwords of, you know, I take response. I oppose hatred and oppression. You know, mm -hmm. if anybody was offended by it, I, that wasn't in my intent. So mm -hmm. it is what it is. And uh, we will now move on until the next time, which with the Brooklyn Nets, I'm sure will be next week. Might be tomorrow. <laughs> it very well could be tomorrow. You it's been a busy week know. already. You just never know. You just yeah. never know. You know that something's coming, though. Yeah, it's, it's, on, it's, it's right down the road. <laughs> <laughs> it's right down the Some road. Some objects are closer than they appear. That's right. It's right down the road. Yeah, there's a train coming. That's what the yep. lights you see coming down Absolutely. that track. There is a train coming. And that train might be running over the new uh, the, the owners in Washington with the commanders. Huh, Gordon? The U.S. Attorney's Office in the Eastern Di District of Virginia opened up criminal investigation into the allegations, of course, about financial improprieties. And then we find out that the, uh, the Snyders, Dan and Tanya Snyder, hire Bank of America Securities to explore the commander's sale. Now, when I heard this, Gordon, there's one person I thought of immediately. Peter Rosenberg. Big time Washington fan on of the K course. show. Yeah. All right. So I wanted to hear what he had to say. And he was saying, you know what? Fans, they haven't been coming. They'll return if Snyder says bye-bye. If they sell, and, and we have new ownership that is assuming the ownership is normal and at least like a not unlikable person, the amount of season tickets they will sell again, people will be back. Oh, yeah. and especially once they leave FedEx Field. It could completely change. All right. And what about those reports, Peter? How are you feeling about that?
after Forbes reported that they were hiring someone to sell the team, and then the commanders put out a statement, don't you guys both agree if they were not looking to sell the team, the statement would have unequivocally said, we are not selling this team. That's what he does. He tells people, we will not change the name. We will not do this. That's what he does. He's defiant. The fact that they just put out a statement saying, we're still committed to doing the right things. They're selling the team. And you know what else that means? That means more dirt was found that's about to drop that's going to be crazy town. So, Gordon, either he, and I agree with him, either there's more dirt found or there's been some financial sponsors who are saying enough is enough. Because normally in sports, that's the great equalizer. People get a conscience when their money's being messed with. Yeah. And that's, I mean, this is how it always goes with the NFL. You know, it can be a lot of bad things going on, but when you mess with the money, that's when that's when it gets real. And if the yep. financial improprieties or whatever the term was that they used, uh, that uh, is, is more than likely more important than anything else that has been done under Dan Snyder's watch. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that he's saying he's exploring all options, we're exploring all options. Well, there's two options. Either you keep the team or you sell the team. <laughs> I mean, what other, you're taking the team to the to the FIFA World Cup. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're either selling the team or you're keeping the team. And the fact that he's he's been, as Peter said, adamant all the time about you know any time that there's a report out, he always comes out and says, "Oh, this is wrong. This is lies. This isn't what happened." The fact that this report comes out and he he admits that they are exploring all options. Jeff Bezos is getting the the checkbook ready. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's getting yes, ready he to. Uh, yeah, so look, this has to be a day that most Washington fans never thought that they were going to hear anytime soon because Dan Snyder has been as bad an owner as there has been in sports, in any sport, and he's not that old of a guy. Yeah. So that's the real, that's the real concerning thing was you figured he's going to own the team, you know, for another 30 years, another 40 years. How can I root for this team? that is just uh, abominable. They've, they've never done anything in his entire time there. And he's been the reason why. Mm-hmm. So it has to be a great day for any, uh, anybody who is a fan of the Washington organization. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and obviously, I also think, Gordon, when these committees and these investigations are done, they're going to find out more stuff too. So oh, fines when, and everything when, else oh, is going to also make him get out of there and sell. Absolutely. When that's done and there's been a little time and the stories start to leak as they always do. I mean, think about the stories that we already know about. Imagine the ones we don't know about. Oh, my God. (laughs) Scary. It is scary. It is. Buddha's in the Bronx. Let's see what Buddha's got cooking tonight on 98.7 ESPN. What's up, gentlemen? How you doing? Little Buddha from the Bronx. Oh, Little Buddha. I didn't know there was a Little Buddha. Oh, okay. Is this like Little Pedro from back in the day when Pedro Martinez had that guy? Two reasons. One, I'm a huge fan of Buddha from the Bronx. Number Ooh. two, I live in the Bronx. So Buddha from the Bronx. Little Buddha. Now, little now Buddha. the actual uh, Buddha might like slap a copyright infringement upon you. You realize the risks that you're taking here. Well, for for my man Buddha, it's worth the risk. All right. Okay. <laughs> He's fair. Um, I want to bring it back to the Knicks. Um, Brandon Brown explained it today. The reason why. They lost to the Hawks, and the same reason why they lost to the Bucks is that they're not—they don't play well to cover the two and three zone. Like you have players like Rose and Quickly always going in, the shooting floors within the perimeter. At that point, what we need is outside shooters, which leads me back to the GM. 
And what I mean by that, you can't blame Tibbs because Tibbs is doing what he has to do. He tried to do all sorts of things to overcome that. You got to blame the GM. And the reason why I say that is because in a situation like this, and I'm still frustrated in why the Knicks have shouldn't gotten Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell could shoot anywhere in the court. Bronson can't do everything by himself, but with Donovan Mitchell, he could help the Knicks overcome those strategies. You see, the, you, you, you got to come back to the GM because no, the GM tried. All right, I'm sorry. I'm a little bit nervous, but let me back this up. Originally, the GM tried to get this Brown character from Pistons. The fact that he didn't get him, he told himself, you know what? I want to wait for the next draft. As Dan Grassham said it a few weeks ago, he wants to roll the uh, he wants to roll the dice on the next draft. He wants a new young next Steph Curry, rather to get a player like that of a Mitchell that he's a star. So well, the problem was, by, Will Buddha, that he didn't want to. And thanks for the phone call and welcome. The problem is that they did not want to give up what they wanted. What you know, Utah wanted to give up for Donovan Mitchell, and so. That's one side of it. The other side of it, Gordon, was, you know, there was concern about the size of your backcourt defensively. So, yeah, you're looking at it from a scoring standpoint. And listen, Donovan Mitchell, I, I watched some of him tonight when I was agonizing and couldn't watch the Knicks for a couple of minutes. And, you know, saw what they did to Boston tonight. So, yeah, he is loving it in his new role. Uh, and so, And everybody knows he is a tremendous offensive talent. But Gordon, would would you still have enough on your roster if you have obtained Donovan Mitchell? That's the question. And defensively, would he be more of a liability with Jalen Brunson, who we kind of saw Gordon on a couple of occasions, you know, get posted up and had trouble defending in a couple of the in a couple of the games that he's played already, even though he's had really he's been very good. But there's been a couple of situations where he's had issues defending. So these are the things that the GM has to talk about. The, well, one thing I will agree with you, when you have a zone, the way to shoot, I, the way to break a zone is to have shooters. And Gordon, I, I'm afraid to look at the stats. I, I turned the page. I'm afraid to look <laughs> at the stats for Evan Fournier tonight because I saw some oh, shots God. that it, were just yeah. awful. Yeah. And defensively, I saw a lot of his... I can't spell his name. Backwards. Because I saw it so much. <laughs> Getting beat defensively. Well, if they would have put the ad on the back of the jersey, that company would have gotten a lot more uh, mentions and uh, attention tonight <laughs> because, yeah, there was a lot of... Um, it was not good. He's not a good defensive player, and tonight not was not good. You know, I think the thing that people are, are, are going to miss on at least some of them is, you know, the idea, you know, if we would have gotten Donovan Mitchell, he would have been the Donovan Mitchell that is also in Cleveland right now. Cleveland was more uh, established to go out and make that kind of deal. They had more of an infrastructure in place to bring him in without dr losing as much as they had to give up in the trade. If the Knicks would have made that same trade, look, Donovan Mitchell is a great offensive player. He's a very good player overall. Um, but I think that it kind of would have left – they don't have as much infrastructure as – you know, they don't have as, as much talent on the roster as Cleveland does. And they would have had to have – what they would have had to have given up would have kind of capped them out at a certain level that still I don't know that they would necessarily be a top six seed. 
mm-hmm. you know, you're taking a, you're talking about Barrett, Toppin, uh, you're talking about three unprotected first round picks. I mean, that was a lot to give up. I wanted to, uh, you know, I, I can see both sides of it. I think if when push came to shove, I probably would have went and gotten Mitchell. But it's not a slam dunk that he would be doing what he's doing in Cleveland if the Knicks had gotten him. Yep, there's no question about it. No question about it. Uh, he, lo- he looks good in Cleveland, I'll say that. He does look good in Cleveland. His <laughs> defense really has not good. been an issue so far in Cleveland, I can tell no, you that. No, and they're outscoring people. And, you know, they have, they have a... a they have a nice little team together. Yes, there. they do. Absolutely. They really do. They really do. We'll continue the conversation with you on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Are you happy that you have shekels or are no. you unhappy that you're not happy that you have I don't shekels? want the shekels. It's not life-changing shekels. Okay. I would much rather have the Astros lose. I'd All actually right. be willing... If you told me right now I could go back and lose even more shekels, I'd be willing to lose more shekels. To make the Astros lose. To make the Astros lose. I, li- I like the fact, and really, every, any decent person should be rooting against the Astros. Because Absolutely. what they did was not just bad for you know, the Yankees. It was bad for the sport. It's bad for mankind. It's bad for humanity. It's bad for society. So, Cheating is not good. Not good, and they never got punished. And the, no. and, the, and the appropriate punishment would be that that's the only championship they ever won. Not just True. this year, any year, ever. ever. Ever, ever. They didn't get rewarded in 86. They lost. That's right. Thank God there was no Game 7. <laughs> Oof, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> A combined no-hitter, Gordon. A combined no-hitter. First World Series, uh, no-no sense, obviously. Uh, the one that involved the Yankees. No, well, uh, didn't Roy Halladay? Roy Halladay threw one, didn't he? Didn't he throw? Oh, oh, you're talking about the Astros. Yes, yes. Oh, yes, I got yes, it. I know yes, you're talking yes, about postseason. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. For the Astros, first. Hey, you know what? I got to be honest with you. I'm a huge yes. baseball fan. No hitters mm-hmm. don't really do anything for me. They I, don't, I, huh? you, you forget about them, but like two weeks from now, you'll for- completely forget that the Astros like no hit them. Yeah. And I actually like that from the Phillies' point of view. Don't waste any hits tonight. Yeah, exactly. You save them for save tomorrow. Save them all for tomorrow. That's it. Before we head back to the phones, a couple of uh, folks weighed in on Twitter at Hardest the ESPN at Gordon Damer at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. The original Buddha mm. weighed in. Uh-huh. Don't let Kyrie and Spider Mitchell's play distract you from the fact that Tibbs refuses to play Randall for stretches at the five so they can play up tempo. Um, I don't think he likes him at the five. I, I just, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, and I know what he's saying. They could play small and they could be quicker. But I just don't think he likes him at the five because Randall doesn't like to hang in the post. He likes to hang around, you know, jumpers and hang around the three-point area. If he was a guy that was able to, you know, play in the low block a little more, yeah, may, maybe he might be more amenable to doing that. I, I don't know why he doesn't do it. They just like to push the basketball. But on the other side of it too, Gordon, uh, defensively, guards would be going by some folks. <laughs> defensively, might be an issue too, you know. So I think that's. I I always think it's like what Steve Young says on the K Show when he talks about quarterbacks dealing with defensive coordinators who are now head coaches. I think when you're looking at scoring, Tibbs is going to think of defense first. What? How can I score, but not? kill myself defensively or do the least damage defensively. I think that's how he thinks. 
Yeah, and I, look, they could have been the old Loyola Marymount with Bo Kimball up and down the court. Uh, they didn't hit any shots tonight. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter how fast you're going up and down the court. I mean, <laughs> if you don't hit 10 points in the third quarter, and they had 10 turnovers. Yeah. Oh, it was bad. That was bad. Uh, JSuper09 says, for all the Knicks fans who cried, Mitchell is too small in his defense, and you can't give up that much to get him. Hope you're happy. <laughs> See that? That's not productive to anybody. That's just that's just like that's you just want to troll Knicks fans because you hate the Knicks. He's frustrated, Gordon. He wanted Mitchell here, and now he's looking at how they, you know, played and what Mitchell did to the Knicks against Cleveland, and now what happened tonight. He's just frustrated. He wanted, you know, Mitchell here, and for the folks who wanted Mitchell, they're all saying the same thing, Gordon. They all are. They are all saying the same thing. We want him. But you can't have him. He's done. It's over. Yeah, it's over. and now you just kind of wonder who's the next superstar that might shake loose, and will you have any better package then? Will you be willing to pay the price then? That That is the problem. That is the problem. There's no question about it. Uh, oh, here is the original Buddha on the phone on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, Buddha. Hey, what's going on? Little Buddha, what's up, man? Respect. Appreciate that, man. I didn't even know there was a little Buddha out there. That's my dude right now. <laughs> <laughs> now, so you're okay with little Buddha? Of course. Why okay. not? All right. We got little Buddha. We could have Buddha the third. <laughs> we could have a uh, uh, cousin Buddha. He could be like cousin Ick, you know, with the hairy body, whatever. It's all good. Okay. All right. As long as it's okay with you, I'm good with it. Oh, come on, man. You know this is a family. We're always welcoming people in. Glad Absolutely. to hear that, brother. Hope it, hope it calls more often, you know? Definitely, definitely. All right, now give me your thoughts with, with uh, Julius Randle. All right, listen. Uh, now, what Little Buddha said, he wasn't wrong. I, I just disagree with him on a certain aspect of just, like, Tibbs does have some culpability in this. Like, you just spoke about it, Uncle. Like, you know, forget about just the offense. It's like his attachment to certain players. I mean, I, I keep hearing about how Mitchell Robinson has improved. That looks like the same Mitchell Robinson from two years ago, from three. I mean, he's one of those guys that's never going to get any type of offensive game. He's, he's awkward. I mean, it, when you when, when you attach to players like that, um, the ghost of Derrick Rose and Julius Randle, your team's only going to go so far. I mean, I understand World Wide West, what he was trying to do was a little dirty and sneaky behind closed doors, but he wasn't wrong. But, you know, the whole thing is, and the, the reason why is it's back to Randall. I mean, there was no need to pay him. There really wasn't. There was no need to pay him. I don't care what he looked like in that bubble. You still had him under contract for another year after that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. why did they, you know, once they did that, there's two reasons why that screwed them. First reason is, even though they were talking about the contract, it's not that bad. You see they tried to trade him, and nobody wants him. He's an unathletic uh, four who refuses to play the five at times, which would be his only athletic advantage in the way the league is now. But, you know, see, Tibbs attached himself to Randall. And once he attached himself to Randall, that set the precedent for – not, you know, you got to make adjustments on the fly. No matter what you're doing in life, you got to make adjustments on the fly. You know, the offense that they're running, I, I still would love for somebody to tell me what offense it is. I don't, it, it, I don't know what type of offense it is. But it's based on, like, 
it's not based on movement. It's based on guys beating their man off the dribble, and you don't have anybody on the team who's good at that. You know, that, that that's a problem. But the fact that Randall doesn't play the five at all, you got all these wings. You got 40 wings. It's like going to Applebee's at happy hour. The Knicks got 40 wings. And the whole thing is you can't get them all on the court together or you can only play this way. Like, none of them get a rhythm. None of them, you know, are, are asked to do what they're actually good at. They got to play up-tempo. You don't have a breakdown player to play half-court offense. But, again, Julius Randle, I mean, it, it, it's painful to watch. When he gets the ball in the post, he's got to give you 75 head fakes and, and shoulder shrugs because he can't athletically go up and through you. And you're useless at 6'8 and above if you can't do that. So it's just a mess. You just hope that at some point they're able to acquire somebody, like you said, you know, the Donovan Mitchell thing, like Gordon said, let's be honest, he would have been there and you just had him with Randall and Brunson. It wouldn't have been no better. That Cleveland team has pieces. I mean, Jared Allen, wow. He couldn't mm-hmm. play for the Nets. You look pretty good over there at Cleveland. You know, stupid teams do stupid things. You know, it is what it is. And hopefully they get somebody. I don't know. Yeah, I hope so too, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call because you're right. You have all these – you have all these – you know, these, these wing players who are athletic wings and you can't, you can only put a couple of them on the floor at the same time. And, you know, it just, it's, 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 it's a tough construction, but I understand why the Knicks felt Gordon after the year they had, hadn't gone to the playoffs for a while that they needed to re-sign Randall. I understand the yeah, pressure behind no, them. They, you yeah. know, I understand why they did it. Uh, look, I'm sure a lot of people, if this season does not go well and the Knicks don't wind up in the playoffs or at least the play-in, everybody will be pointing to, ah, you should have gotten Donovan Mitchell. The, the real mistakes, as, as Buddha brings up, was re-signing Randall, drafting Toppin, and then not playing Toppin when you could have had Tyrese Halliburton. You know what I mean? Like all those things, all the infrastructure before you get to the point of going out and landing the superstar, and now you're in a spot. Yeah, you still have all the assets, but now – you got to wait for the next superstar to shake loose, and that doesn't yep. have a time frame on it. It might not be this year. It might not be next year. You don't know. Um, I don't know. And they might not be as good a fit. You know, Donovan Mitchell was from New York, and um, I look. I think they would have been better if they had if they had made the deal for 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 Donovan Mitchell, but they would not be what Cleveland is. Cleveland has a better talent base to surround him with than the Knicks do. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think I don't know, Gordon. Maybe they would have been. If if he if they had gotten that deal done before they got Brunson, maybe then they would have been, you know, more amenable to making the deal. You know what I mean? But it was like you had two not that Brunson is the same type shooter that Mitchell is, but you really have two small guys in the backcourt and you're not trying to do that in this NBA. Yeah, no, look, I mean, there's there, there's pro- there's no part of this that has been like, no, this makes this makes all the sense in the world. Mm-hmm. Th- th- there's no flaws to this plan whatsoever. There's always going to be flaws, and it's about covering up those flaws. Yeah. Uh, and right now, at three and four, after the start that the Knicks got off to, and you felt like you felt kind of good about where they were at, these measuring stick games, they have not measured up so far. No, and that's good because it lets management know we've, we're, we're not close to being done. We've got a lot more to do. Got a lot more to do, as we do with you, next on 98.7 ESPN.
This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.